Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Let's Get It Out. It is August, it's the mid-August, and to those of you who are going to school next week, I mean, like, next month, I'm so sorry to those that don't want to go. To be honest, I do and don't. I'm very confused on if I do want to go to school or if I don't. There's there's pros and cons. Okay, I want, I like how school gives me structure. I like how it's like, in the morning you do this, then for this amount of time to the next class and next class and then in the afternoon I go study and then I go to the gym and I have my whole like routine already planned I just gonna want to execute it now but I don't want to be stressed all the time I don't like the like this huge like just overload of work I don't like having ex- existential crisis every other week you know I like to keep my peace but there's pros and cons to school. And also, it's my senior year. I also just kind of want to get it over with and just have a good year as well. But I don't know. That's just for, it, for school. I wonder what you guys... Tell me what you guys think. Um, but for today's episode, we're going to talk about, about in-person personas. And I'm very excited for this one. So let's just get into it. So for today's episode, I'm going to start with a story like I've done with past episodes. But this one is a little different. So last Sunday, I was working, if you guys know, I work in customer service retail thing, you know, and I get all types of customers. I get rude, I get very nice ones, I get, it's all over a huge spectrum. But this specific day, this group of men came in, probably a group of five and they drew a lot of attention, not in the way they act, well, partially in the way they acted but mostly on how they presented themselves first of all when they came into the store you just noticed from head to toe they were in designer clothing they were in big name brands and then they had like the big name brands on their clothing and then they had the crossbody bags and then with that's a brand and then they had like gold chains on and then a gold watch and then just you can just tell they probably come from money that's like the immediate assumption that you made because based on what type of clothing and accessories and products that they have on their bodies and not only did their appearance just give off this huge message but also on the way they presented themselves they held themselves with their chins up high and just with so much pride but not necessarily in a good way more of like this egotistical way and they did definitely displayed that ego side when I came up to them and part of my job description was to help customers find the product the products that they want and so I go up to them and like do you guys need help with anything and the first time, sometimes I can be a little quiet. Uh, I'll admit it. And the first time they didn't acknowledge me, and I'm like, okay, probably was a little too quiet. The second time, I make sure my voice was a little louder. And for sure, like, they had to have hear me. Like, I know they did. And they still, like, just acted like I wasn't there. They knew I was there, but they just, like, acted like... I did not exist. I'm like, okay, I know what type of people that I'm dealing with right now. So I just kind of leave them alone. Probably 
10, 15 minutes later, they come up and I'm at the cash register and it's my turn to ring them up. And the first guy that goes, probably the most out of the bunch, he held up his chin the highest. You can just tell. And I'm checking his shoes and it's time for him to put in his card. He puts in his card and I it, it declines. I'm like, okay, that's a little weird. And I'm like, do you want to try again? And he puts the card in again and it again declines. And he pulls out another card, puts it in, declines. Another card in, declines. After card, after card, after card. To the point that he has no cards left. And he then says to me, give me a sec. He pulls out his phone and I can tell he's logging into his bank account because we have the same bank, like, bank thing. He's logging into his bank account and I notice he's putting money, he's transferring money into one of the cards. I don't know which one. But he's putting the, I can tell he's putting the exact amount of how much the shoes cost. And the shoes that he's purchasing is like a high name brand. A well-known brand. And... He ends up paying for the card, I mean, for the shoes, and the card works. And he's like, have a good one. His attitude towards me shifted completely compared before he purchased the shoes to after. Because before, he was rude. He, he, had like, he was just very egotistical. And then after he purchased the shoes... It's as if he was, he had like a defeated look on his face or like as if he was exposed. And it wasn't, I don't know what his financial situation was, but seeing all what he had on and then seeing that all his cards declined and he couldn't even pay for the shoes, he probably didn't come from money then. Like I made that wrong assumption. And this is not the first time that seen this before when I was younger I live in like this predominantly white neighborhood so being Mexican out of like a bunch is you kind of stand out when you tell people uh, when people know and so I don't know what it was if it was because I was Mexican or something but maybe people thought that I just didn't come from money and didn't have the best financial situation and I think I don't know what the reasoning behind it was, but what I noticed was when I had friends and I went over to their houses and they went, I came over to their houses, I noticed that our place of where we live compared very differently. I'm not trying to put them down or trying to lift myself up for putting them down or anything like that. I don't want to do that. I just noticed that those people that thought I didn't come from money had a less fortunate living situation than I did. And I noticed that they were trying to display this persona of wealth, just like the dude from last Sunday did. And I just, when I was younger, I would always ask, why do people do this? Why do they put on this fake persona? And last Sunday, I asked myself that same question. Why did this person put on this fake persona and risk getting like exposed? And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to 
dig deep on why people put on these fake personas. So the first one I want to talk about is financial insecurity. And just like I did with the story of people not having the best houses or the best financial situations, people hide their financial situations with their appearance. And how people do that is that what I've noticed, people, once they get their paycheck, instead of paying bills or paying the necessities, they go for the luxury products first. That's why they end up buying all the luxury clothing and then the the jewelry and the accessories and all these luxury products. And they put on an image of an, a wealthy individual. So when they meet someone, their first impression is, yeah, yeah, I'm rich. But if they go into what their life is really looks like, they're really they're really not that wealthy. And they do it because in a way they're ashamed or embarrassed of their living situation because they have this idea that, and there's a lot of people that have this idea too, that just because they come from a low income household or they make low income or whatever the in- situation is, that they have a low self-esteem and they're, they think they're not good enough. Compared to if you show this idea that you have money and you do come from a high income situation or living situation, that you have a higher self-esteem and then you every time you buy that luxury product, it raises your self-esteem and you're like, yeah, I am able to compare myself or I'm able to put myself on another level as these people and because they are good enough and then I'm good enough something like that and just like the guy from my story he probably had his chin up high because he had all this luxury product on and but until his all his cards declined he was like as if he was exposed and yeah yeah I'm truly not And again, I don't know his financial situation, but as if all that power that he had washed off him. And first of all, no amount of money dictates what your worth is and how much you matter. That is not how that works. And I just want to give that message to all on like, no matter money, how doesn't matter how much you make, doesn't how much money that your parents inherited to you or how much your parents had, no amount of money truly dictates what you're worth and it just, it's very hard to come from, and also it's just hard to say that, it's more, it's one of those things that it's a lot easier to say it than actually feel it. But, I mean, it's the only thing that could probably, like, actually, it's truth. Like, no amount of money, it doesn't matter how much money you make, that it does not dictate your worth. The second one I want to talk about is this respect given based on other people's or your status. And it's all, I like to call it a game of follow the leader. Whoever the leader is, let, let's say a friend, it can be parents, it can be, celebrities it can be someone or the illusion of popularity 
or someone just in an authoritative figure or just power someone with authority figure some like some sort of authority figure however they treat however the leader treats a certain person the follower is going to treat that same person with that same respect that the leader gave and i'm going to show some examples of this so the first one is with parents so first of all before i start with this certain part i asked my mom because since i do work in like customer service i always wondered I asked her, why are people just rude, blatantly rude to customer service? Like, why do they think that they are on a higher level than us if we're still just human beings? And she told me this, and I'm going to explain it through this. So, this is the, imagine this. You've got, I know you guys probably have gone out to dinner, and then you're, you're with your parents, and then you're going out to a restaurant, trying probably a new restaurant or a past restaurant that you've gone to. And the food comes out, and then whoever's attending you, the waiter or waitress, you try the food, and then your parents are not really feeling it. You're like, they're not really liking the food. So they call over the waitress or the waiter, and you know about, you know what's about to go down. They start making this whole scene and just attacking the waiter or waitress and like, why would you give me that? This is taste horrible. Why would you give me this? And like, you're not going to get a tip and all this bad negative stuff. And not only are they making a scene in front of you and the waiter or waitress, but they're making a scene in front of the whole restaurant. You're just kind of like, I don't know who you are, you know, just trying to like hide in the corner. I think we've all probably experience that and it's first of all in those situations let's say the food did taste bad say i wouldn't blame the waiter or waitress for one they didn't make the food the chef did if you want to complain complain to the chef second of all if you really need to like make a comment that bad go on fucking google Go on Yelp. There's little, like, rating, like, shit on there. Like, you can rant a whole paragraph away in, like, Yelp. And you don't have to do it in front of, like, in public. Because it's, it's, you just make this whole scene for no reason. And waiters and waitresses just get so much, like, shit. Like, they should probably get raises. But it's... This is where the leader, follow the leader game comes in. When the parent is displaying that behavior, you're teaching your kid that's okay to display this behavior to customer service or people that are attending you. And that's why my mom said that they never raised, a parent never raises their kid to have respect for everybody else. And that's why some people think that they are on a higher level than the person that's attending them. And it's just a whole thing of, if a parent disrespects somebody, the the kid is gonna learn to disrespect them as well. Another example I wanna talk about is with friends. 
we've all been in the situation where a friend is like telling us about this person that they knew either like an ex-best friend or something that someone that they know and all this bad stuff about them and it's just usual habit whoever they're talking about we just start having not necessarily a hatred towards them but more of like this grudge against them just because our friend dislikes them and in certain situations I get it's okay to probably have that grudge Let's say they did something horribly bad that you just can't, like, let slide. I understand that. However, it's sometimes usually, like, an argument. And we just take their word for it. We never know if our friends are trying to sugarcoat a story or if they're trying to make sure they look good or, like, take like pieces out of the story to make themselves look good and also there's always two sides to a story you just know one side but you don't know the other we just judge based on a story and I don't think we should probably do that because we're following the leader again we're just taking that word of mouth we know if we probably get to know the other person and hear their story that it might be a completely other story but might be also more believable than what your friend said it, we just, we, we don't really truly know who they are, but we're just basing, we're just judging them based on the story. And sometimes that story might be not be fully true. Another example I want to talk about is celebrity drama. So around two years ago, I think it was like, what was it, 2021 or two years ago, when Olivia Rodrigo released her song Driver's License and basically it was just drama with her, I think it was her ex, Joshua Bassett, and then um, Sabrina Carpenter, both, all of them are like Disney Channel stars. And after she released the song, her, it was like each other's fan bases, not just her own. I think it was like all fan bases started attacking another cele- each other celebrity. And it first started like in the comment sections of their social medias saying, oh, like just rude comments. And like, let's say one celebrity was saying, oh, Olivia Rodrigo's better or like Sabrina Carpenter Carpenter's better or whatever. It led to that and then rude comments and more mean stuff. And then led to death threats and saying, you all this shit, and, like, first of all, no one should be doing that in the first place. One, you're wasting your time. Second, there's no need for that. And that's where another part of, like, follow the leader comes in. Just because celebrities probably did have beef with one another, it kind of gives off this idea that each other's fan bases goes and attacks the other celebrity. And, and to be honest, I don't think in that situation, I don't think it was neither girl's fault. I think it was just like a case where both of them weren't treated the way they should have been. But I don't think there was a need for either of that to go down. Also, I have this theory of why we treat people based on the level of respect that we have or the level we treat people based on our status or other people's statuses 
if you guys grew up watching, well, I know it depends on who's watching. If you guys grew up watching cartoons like the Flintstones, Tom and Jerry, anything on like cartoon, uh, was it? What was that? Like with, I don't even remember. Like remember, it was like. I don't. It was like Tunes something. I forgot. Oh, Looney Tunes. Now I remember. There you go. Um, it was like Looney Tunes and then like da- Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny and all that stuff. All those cartoons. I think. And also not just in cartoons, but like movies today. Any any character that has power, money that's rich, or just some sort of authority is kind of displayed or portrayed as evil. And I think subconsciously, again, this is just a theory. I think subconsciously, we're kind of taught that if you do have these valuable assets as power and money, that you have the right to treat people that don't have power or money or authority with disrespect. And... I don't know if it is true. I, I want a psychologist to like or to like to actually prove it, but just make sure it's under my name. I mean, it's just an idea. And another one I want to talk about is this fear of judgment of being our true selves. And I'm gonna tell this story about myself. So personally, I've always was scared of showing my true sentimental side because all my life I've been like told that. I was too sensitive, I was too dramatic, I need to calm down, like, there's no need for you to be extra, and just, you need to chill. And I don't know why, but, like, sensitive has this, has always had a connotation of negative. I don't think it should be negative. I don't think being sensitive is such a negative thing. And so, after just being, like, constantly told this, I think my brain kind of went into, like, I think I just went to like this coping mechanism of just becoming numb. I was for a good while. I just, it first started off when I noticed it, like when I would watch movies. So every time I went to a movie theater and there's like some sort of very sad scene where someone died, I just didn't feel anything. I would, I would come out of the movie theater. I'm just like, why didn't I cry? Like, I mean, it was sad, but like, I didn't feel anything. And then I noticed it like, Truly, I truly cry when, like, a dog or, like, some sort of pet dies in a movie. That's where it's, like, gets really sad. But I always cry to those. But once, when I saw this one movie when a dog died, I didn't cry to that either. And, like, okay, there's something. Why didn't I cry to that? I'm, like, everybody around me is crying. What's, what's wrong with me? And then it started off with that. And then it led to very serious stuff where, like, I just didn't care about the impacts or I didn't care about how my actions impacted the people that I loved or the people that were around me. It just kind of went in one year and out the other. And that's where I just noticed like, hey, I went completely numb. Until I, and I was like that for a good while, until I met friends that I noticed that they also had the same their emotions impacted them the same the w- same way that my emotions used to impact me. And seeing them and spending spending more time 
with them and just telling them their feelings and all that stuff my body just kind of accepted my mind just accepted like hey this is normal you weren't being too much this is completely normal behavior and acceptable behavior and like you shouldn't feel bad about feeling this this deeply because other people are feeling this and being impacted the same way that you are so it's okay for you to feel this way as well and so truly I am a sensitive person and there's nothing wrong with that big or small anything impacts me like very deeply words when I'm like talking with someone words tones actions will impact you really hard and just with each emotion I have I encounter them with a very deeply internal reaction and I also have them with sometimes with external reactions as well and maybe that explains why I might be sometimes very very dramatic but I mean sometimes being dramatic can be a bad thing but sometimes it can be just like how you are and just your personality and in reality true friends will start entering your life once you accept who you are and just accepting like yes this is the way I am and I can't change that and there's a lot of many different like subcategories that we can like continue talking about but what they all they all have something in common and what that is that we all just want to be accepted by our friends by our family by our peers by just anybody we just want to be accepted and we have this sense of belonging and we have like every time we don't feel like that in an environment we have this need or this feel that we need to change ourselves to be accepted whether it's our appearance whether it's our behavior sometimes also our vernacular on how we talk sometimes also our group of friends whoever we're hanging out we need to be if I hang out with this certain group of group or a certain group of friends, I'm going to be light tomorrow or whatever, something like that. But we never think that, hey, maybe I am good enough and this, this certain environment is not for me. I like, I like to, I heard this one quote that, I think we've probably heard of it before, but a bottle of water costs a dollar at the, no, it, it costs a dollar at the grocery store. Uh, and then a bottle bottle of water costs like $6 on a plane. And then another bottle of water costs like another price somewhere else. And at the basically the, the gist of that story is that your worth, where you belong, your sense, where you're valued, it depends on your environment. And there are certain places that you probably aren't being valued enough, so you probably need to move to a different place. And not just meaning location, but probably just the environment on who you are with. And I feel like I've seen this with more, I see this more with middle schoolers. Middle school is such a ruthless, mean environment for kids. And I'm talking about like coming from personal experience as well as people that I've heard and their experience. Because you're getting, 
you're coming from elementary school or primary school that your only expectations to be a kid. Yes, there are academic expectations, but that's probably like the second. You're just expected to try your best and be a kid and have fun. And then you go make this sudden transition without preparation to middle school. First of all, you're getting expectations from your parents and your teachers and then your peers as well. It's like there's such overload that on an 11, 12, or 13-year-old kid, these are still kids, and we're expected to like have adult-like expectations on them, which is crazy. Because from like a teacher's or school standpoint, you're getting the sudden like workload that you get. The only thing I remember in elementary school like, getting as homework is maybe an occasional math assignment of like multiplication tables and then I would get like weekly that reading log that like read 30 minutes a day and, and turn it in at the end of the week like that that's all I got and now I went to middle school I was given this Sudoku math puzzle and here you go probably the first week of being in math in an advanced math class. Yes, I was in advanced math class, but that doesn't mean that I'm some sort of mathematician. That's not how it works. And then when it comes to your parents, you're expected to start acting like an adult, but you have no preparation of like expectations and just like you don't know where to start. You're not taught how to. And just you're also starting to go to that age that you're starting to rebel against your the people around you and your expectations. So it's just a hard environment to be in. And then when it comes to your peers, the whole expectations, and especially coming from a woman, if you ask anybody today above the age, if you ask your parents today, what were you doing at 11 years old? They're probably going to say, I was still playing with toys. They were probably like, I was playing in the backyard. I was like running around with my friends, right? What I was doing at 11 years old was begging my mom for me to wear mascara. I remember seventh grade, everybody, every girl now was starting to wear makeup. And then like I noticed the girls that wore mascara or like wear eye makeup were just liked more. So I just took that in. I'm like, if I wear this, I'm going to be liked more. And I remember coming home to my mom like, please let me, I was begging her. I was like, please let me wear mascara. I'll do anything. I'll wear a little bit of eyeshadow. I remember on my birthday, I was able to wear eyeshadow. And that was like kind of like a treat for me. I don't know if that was just because I have strict parents, but that's just how it worked. I'm worried as an 11-year-old if I'm pretty enough. That's crazy to me. No 11-year-old, an 11-year-old girl should be worrying about that they should just be worrying about having fun with their friends and that's just the crazy thing to me there's so many expectations left and right that middle school is just this horrible place and I don't know if it's getting worse today but to any middle schooler that is watching or listening or anyone that just feels like they need to change themselves to be accepted please don't it is not worth it because only advice I can give you Ending this episode on a note, the only advice I can give you is that 
once you start accepting who you are and start just acting the way that you feel most comfortable, accepting the way that you are just is, everything else will fall into place. You'll start finding your true friends. You'll start being in a better environment. You'll feel more comfortable with yourself. And that's better than being uncomfortable and having these fake friends that you're just trying to please. So if we could, if you could take anything from this episode, just be you. And we've probably all heard of it, but it's really true. Just be who you are and don't change for other people's pleasure. And that's the end of today's episode. I hope you guys have a good day and hope you guys listen to next week's episode because that's going to be fun. Bye.